Hey, good morning, guys, or afternoon, whenever you're listening to the podcast. Um, this is Eastman's Elevated. I'm Brian Barney. Today on the episode, we've got on Cody Rich. Cody Rich has his own podcast called The Rich Outdoors, and Cody was one of the original hunting podcasts to come out. Um, he came out a couple years ago and, and just does a, a great job uh, getting out really good information to guys, and, and he's built quite a following there at his podcast, and, and uh, just a super guy and really enjoyed sitting down talking with him. Um, today on the episode, we're going to talk all about hunting black bears. Um, we're coming up to the spring black bear season, and it's something I'm just super passionate about. I just love chasing chasing bears with my bow. Um, it, it's like a it's dangerous game or an entry level dangerous game, um, but it's just something that all of us can do. You know, it's a blue collar hunt where you can go buy a tag over the counter or put in for an easy to draw tag and you're you're out hunting a predator or out hunting you know black bears which is really cool and they're just a you know there's different color phases and sizes and there's just so much to it it's it's just a, a really cool topic and cody is super knowledgeable about black bears too so he was really fun to talk to and and i picked up tips from him that i'm going to use and and just interesting comparing tactics is sometimes hunting black bears seems like a black magic just because there's fewer of them in the mountains than deer and elk and so you know to try to hone in your skills can be tough sometimes but um, we just lose a bunch of good information here on this podcast so you guys are going to enjoy it um, over at the Eastman's office we've got coming up uh, the 100th issue of the Eastman's bow hunting journal um, and I, I'm just really excited that that Eastman's gives me this platform to write in, in the Eastman's Bow Journal, and especially the hundredth issue. Um, that means a lot, and they they just um, you know I pitch ideas to them, and they they pick them up, and they just give me the freedom to just write and and cut loose on these articles. So this one coming up is called Backcountry Boot Camp, and it's a really good one. I'm really proud of it. Um, I, I just love the process of sitting down and and taking what's inside my own brain and trying to put it down on paper, but uh, it's a really good one about during season and and how to be successful when season finally gets here. And it's all about a mindset and it's all about, um, you know, how to grind and push hard on them and and just how to find success, you know, out here west on public lands. But it's a good one. So make sure you guys check that out. Should be coming out towards the beginning of March here. Um, Our our sponsor for today's show is Onyx Maps, uh, the Hunt App 3.0. Um, this is something I'm really excited about. I use this nonstop, and I, I am absolutely in love with it. Um, you guys know the Onyx maps. Um, they, they put a chip in your GPS. Well, they also have a Hunt app, and the Hunt app can be downloaded on your phone. Um, I, I just love this feature because I can actually see it on the screen on my phone. I can see topography and scan around, and they, they've been improving this app for the last few years, and they, they keep getting more overlays and, and uh, more things that are going to help you out west to be successful but yeah i can actually see my screen on this hunt app 3.0 see topography and then go around and it still works as a gps even if you don't have service on your phone you have to remember to download maps if you're not going to have service but you download these maps and then you can open it up and your gps still works on your phone but I mean, to guide yourself around on, on private, you know, through through public that goes, you know, by private or on the edge of private, you just always know where you're at and you always know you're in the right and always know you're legal. Um, 
but I really like it because I can see the topography and the lay of the land better where on my little GPS screen I just can't see where in the heck I'm at or what's going on it's just it's too small and I'm in too tight but this this phone app the hunt 3.0 is just excellent I'm just in love with this thing I use it on absolutely every one of my hunts and and it's a huge key to my success so uh, thanks a bunch onyx maps for for sponsoring Eastman's elevated um, we sure appreciate the support so um, well I've been talking long enough uh, let's get on with this thing um, let's go Cody rich here we go well, hey, Brian. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, kicking it off with a little dual podcast. You know, I actually did one of these before, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So uh, welcome to my show, and uh, I guess I'm welcome to your show. <laughs> yeah, for sure, Cody. Yeah, no, I'm psyched to be doing this with you. Uh, you built such a great podcast, and, and uh, you, you do so much hunting, and, and we came up with this idea to talk about uh, bear season, which is fast approaching here. So um, I think it's a great topic and happy to be doing it with you. Yeah, I'm excited about bear season. I think bear season is one of those things for me that I really get pumped about. And it's not only for the fact that, you know, you spend all winter not hunting, that you're kind of just itching to get out there. But I don't know, each year, like more and more, like I really look forward to bear hunting and just like the time in the woods, uh, just glassing and spending that time with friends. You know, bear hunting is kind of one of those things that started out as just an extra way to go hunting for me. And it's really evolved into like something I look forward to with friends. It's one of those hunts that's very low pressure you know it's not like an elk hunt or a big mule deer hunt and there's just no pressure at all so i love bear hunting so i'm, I'm getting our, already getting pumped and i'm sure this podcast is not going to help yeah for sure right it's going to get us too pumped too early here but uh, yeah it is so much fun in the springtime yeah i've i've got into hunting these bears and took it up um hunting them with archery tackle which i just absolutely love and it's so thrilling like i've always had you know, I've always wanted to hunt dangerous game and wanted to hunt grizzly bears, which, you know, on a blue collar budget, I don't get many opportunities at. And so these black bears were a way for me to kind of dive in and, and kind of wet my feet on hunting dangerous game. And yeah, I just get an absolute thrill from it. And it's such a great time of the year, like you say, in the spring where the pressure is kind of off where I don't have multiple tags. I have one tag and that's a bear tag. And, and then they give us, you know, so much time here in Montana. I've got three months of chasing them and and I can do it locally in the evenings and weekends. And so I'm with you, man. I'm uh, so thrilled to get into this spring season and start chasing these things around. Yeah, it's funny. You uh, you said you started doing it with archery tackle, which it's, I don't know, man. I've been doing it with a rifle for years and years and years. And I, I always think about how I would do it with a bow. Um, and just where we hunt is very, very big open country. And it seems like most guys who, who are archery hunting – are doing it over bait. So I'm excited to kind of pick your brain and figure out how you're going to spot and stalk these these bears in open country with a bow. Yeah, for sure. You know, they're just built for bow hunting and for spot and stalk, and the, the stalk is so thrilling on them. But, you know, bears pick up on movement really well with sight, um, but bears don't pick up – you know, if as long as you're standing still, they don't see you. And a lot of times I've been chasing them in a wide open meadow or wide open spaces where, you know, they're so into what they're doing and feeding around that you can move on them when their head's down. And just the minute they pick up their head, you know, you freeze. But you can be in a wide open meadow and they don't see you. I mean, the number one thing with bow hunting them is just the wind. But they're made for bow hunting and a really fun species to, to chase around with the bow. Yeah, no, I need to get out there and, and do some bow hunting on them. I mean, the, like I said, the the area that I hunt is 
not great for that, but I would love to like find some area that is, you know what I mean? Like a lot of where we hunt in Northeast Oregon is huge, huge canyons. And I mean, I still love shooting with a rifle. Um, and even then sometimes spotting in or getting in within a couple hundred yards can be difficult, um, just because of the terrain. Oh, for sure. And those things, they, they'll be out for a little bit and put away. And a lot of times it, it feels like there's no rhyme or reason to what they're doing. And you hunt them long enough and you start to kind of pattern them. But the minute you think you got it figured out, you don't. You know, he's gone by the time you get there. So, no, they're they're an awesome challenge with a rifle and good to get out there. But, you know, I enjoy the bow. I learn so much more, too. And I like open country when I'm hunting them. You know, I, I find that bears like secluded places, not wide open faces as they'll cross those. But they like to be like in secluded meadows, like on the north side and, and things of that nature. But, you know. You know, the thing a, a bow has allowed me to do is I fail so much, I get so much experience, you know, <laughs> that I get to see so many. It's not done with the with the first couple boars I see that, you know, a lot of times I see, you know, 30 to 50 bears in a season and get to watch and observe their habits. And I, I learn so much more. So in turn, you know, it might take me longer to get done, but I've gained so much knowledge about bear hunting is what I love. Yeah, and that's one thing I do like is bears is great for new hunters as well as youth because on average you're seeing a lot of animals and it's like an exciting type hunt. So, you know, yes, you're glassing, which can be kind of boring, but a lot of times we're seeing 10 to 15 bears a day. So it's like it keeps keeps it interesting and, you know, a lot to do. So I think spring bear hunting, great, great little uh, hunt for kids or even new hunters. Yeah, for sure. It um, bears and boy, it sounds like you got a good spot there in Oregon. That's a bunch of bears. Like, um, it <laughs> seems like <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, it seems like when you get into them, you know, there isn't just one bear there. There's multiple bears that like that drainage, and it's almost like an all or none with bears for me. It's like I'll either I'll, I either can't find one that day or for a couple days in a row, but then all of a sudden, once I find the vantage point or the drainage there up or a play, you know, the elevation is real key for us here in Montana as the snow melts in the spring. But once I can kind of key into that, then like you say, I can see five to 10 bears in a day because they kind of hang around with each other, at least in the same drainage. Um, but yeah, it's kind of an all or none, but you're right. It's a great hunt for beginners and a, and a great hunt for kids and, and along with bears in the springtime you see so many elk and deer and moose from those vantage points so so you're right it is an exciting hunt and you don't see many hunters out there either um you know very rarely do i see anybody out and hard you know it seems like they'll they'll go hard for a while and then as it gets later in the season you'll have it to yourself so it is it's just a super time of the year to to take advantage of you know with bear hunting it's funny because you can see a lot the people that you do see don't take it very seriously. So I think that if, to be a good air hunter, it doesn't take a whole lot of extra effort to go that little bit farther when, you know, most people use bear hunting as an excuse to go ride around on the floor there, sit at camp, drink beer and hang out, which is fine. If that's what you're into, great. But it's so, it's so easy to go out there and just put a little more effort in and you'd be surprised. Like you said, you won't see anybody out. You definitely don't see very, very many people out if they can't if they have to get off their four wheeler like the numbers just drop completely i mean when we started hunting some of the big canyons 
you don't see anybody. I mean, people will drive around on the four wheelers, but they don't take it very seriously. So it's really easy to kind of go that extra little, I'm not even going to say mile, go the extra half mile to out hunt <laughs> most of the competition. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. No, guys don't put a lot of effort into it, like you're saying. And, and, uh, e- even guys that hunt bears will go out for a day on the weekend or, but they never quite go enough to put the rhyme and reason to it. It's almost like this black magic that they can't quite figure out, you know, but once you start to see a few of them and pattern them and and figure out their habits and and behavior you know you can put a rhyme or reason to it and like you say see 15 bears or you know see multiple bears in a season that you can chase around and there's opportunity out there now especially in the spring season i mean i guess there is in the fall season too their their food source just differs it's more berries and nuts and they you know in the fall they feed gosh 18 hours a day so they really put themselves out there but i I love keying in on that spring, you know, the the early part of the spring when they're focused on green feed and focused on meadow grass, you know, before the timber greens up. And it's such a, a good time of the year to see multiple bears. Yeah, you know, I I keep saying that I'm going to do some of this uh, fall bear hunting, but to me, it's like I'm always stacked so busy with elk tags and deer tags that, you know, I, I've filled two or three bear tags in the fall time, but they were opportunity. They weren't like I was out looking for a bear. So, I mean, a lot of times, I I mean, you can do it. You can go out. And even within Oregon, like our fall season starts August 1st. And this last year with weather the way it was, like they still had those spring patterns. There were still, you know, green onions out. So those bears were out. A lot of times that dies off and it's not the case. But, you know, I, I focus on spring bear hunting more than fall, but it's not to say that it's not possible. And like you said, a lot of states only have fall bear hunting so you know i tend to lean towards spring bear i love spring bear hunting and being an oregonian you know you can do it pretty frequently um but fall bear is there too and and a lot of states like california i mean have some great bears that you can only hunt in the fall yeah, for sure. No, that's a man after uh, my my own heart. That's the that's what I love too. Is I love that spring season, like you say, because I can focus on it. I've got I've got other things that I'm trying to focus on in the fall, and uh, like you say, I I see a few and opportunistic, yeah, but I don't focus on them um, in the spring. I really focus on them and go for them. And in the lower 48 is such a great place to hunt bears. We have so many color phase bears, you know, all the way chocolates, light chocolate, uh, dark chocolate, uh, cinnamons. We, you know, we have a good blonde population here in Montana where 15, 20% of them are blonde as an elk, almost white colored, black. And it, it really makes it fun chasing them around and seeing all the different color phases and, and chasing um, you know, which which they don't have a lot of in Alaska, or at least the northern part of Alaska, where they're all jet black. So hunting the lower 48 for bears is so much fun, and and a lot of these western states have really good populations of them too. It, it's just a hunt that the average guy can plan and go on, and almost travel around a little bit more to these different states and take a week, ten days of an adventure hunt where you're not taken away from that that fall season, the fall deer and elk crunch. So yeah, I think the spring's a great time to focus on them. The other thing that allows me to do, or and I think it allows a lot of people to do, is is say you say you elk hunt in Idaho. Um, that's a great opportunity to take a week in the spring. It's a good excuse to get out there and scout that area. You're probably not going to see you know elk and and be able to scout that as well, but you're going to learn that area a, a lot you know in a different way and kind of just learn big picture about new areas within that unit that you hunt. So I think spring bear hunting, and this is kind of how I started out spring bear hunting, was just hey I want to spend more time in the woods 
I want to spend more time in the units that I want to elk hunt. So it was a great opportunity. And you, and you learn new country, you learn different country, and you learn just more about the whole area. And I, I have definitely picked up some some good elk hunting areas and, and just kind of locations just from spending an, an extra week a year in that unit. Oh, man, Cody, what a great point. I had never thought about that, but you're right. You're learning areas as you're out there walking around. Um, man, in the, you're in the, in that springtime season, they're using, using those migrational trails and they're using country that they like to feed in. And, and maybe they're not where they'd be come September, but they're somewhere in their migrational route there where you're locating deer and elk or trails or scrapes or, you know, in the springtime, a good bonus for me is I find elk sheds out and around. But you're so right. I've learned yeah. so many areas from hunting bears that I haven't really put two and two together, but you're right. You're out there gathering information for elk and deer country they like trails they use and you're finding those migrating trails as they're migrating from the winter range back to their high country habitat um but it's the same country that they'll use from their high country habitat coming down to the winter range in the fall you know somewhere along that corridor it's such a great point you know and then another thing is this is kind of how i started and it's easy for like you and i who's been spring bear hunting a while we have our areas and, you know, we know what canyons are going to hold bears and things like that but there's so many guys out there that hey i want to go bear hunting but i have no idea where to start or what what to look for as far as area you know my first recommendation is cover ground like get on a mountain bike and get on some closed roads and just start covering ground like if you if you treat it like 100% this is a scout trip for elk hunting and you just cover ground like that's a great way to start bear hunting and there's a lot of places that allow atvs and things like that and biking or just hiking just cover ground and and you'll start to once you start seeing bears it's just one of those things like it's like any hunting you just have to spend time in the woods to kind of really figure it out um but just it's a great excuse to cover ground no you're so right yeah i use my bike a bunch on closed roads and the your bears love closed roads and especially in the springtime it's the first place that those green shoots come up because the sunlight can get down through the timber and it it you know all those going cutting through the timber back and through there and then on a mountain bike you can just stack miles on and what you're looking for is you're looking for sign a bear finds a place he likes and he's going to crap a lot where he's eating and so you find that on the yep. side of the road and start to pick up sign and learn where these these bears like um i also i hunt a lot of bottoms um, in the springtime. The bottoms really lush up and get nice and green, and so I'll hike and hunt a lot of those bottoms, and then a big part of my game is master vantage points, is finding the best way to look over country, and I'll sit and I'll do sessions on there, and I find that bears in the springtime, they'll come out and feed for an hour, two hours, and then they'll put away in the timber for an hour, two hours, and then they'll come back out throughout the day, and so you can really hunt bears all day, and I don't even hunt them some guys hunt them early morning. I don't even hunt them till about 10 o'clock. It seems like they have like a lazy attitude to me. Um, and so I'll get out there like late morning and then I'll hunt all day long. It's not like deer or elk where the majority of your hunting is mornings and evenings. And, you know, you, you hunt them all day long. And definitely the afternoon, evening seems to be the bare 30 where they all start to show up. But you see them all throughout the day, which is just a great excuse to be out traveling country, like you said. It's funny you say that because I think when I first started uh, bear hunting, you know, one of the one of the myths that I learned was, oh, bears are lazy; they sleep in, uh, so you can sleep in. So, you know, we used to always turkey hunt first thing in the morning, and then go back to camp, have breakfast, and then head out about noon or one. And through turkey hunting, 
Uh, last year we killed a bear. I think it was at seven in the morning and the year before we missed one at six thirty in the morning. And so slowly we learned that that's definitely not true. And we've, we've, we've been on bears at right at daylight, right after daylight. So I, there's probably a lot of people that are going to argue with that just because they don't want to hear that. <laughs> but, but you're, you're right. I mean, you can kill bears any time in the day. Like I think the, the, the hat, you know, the golden hour or whatever is, is definitely that last hour of light. But, yeah, last year we killed a bruiser boar at I think seven in the morning. You know, going turkey hunting. Oh, good for you guys. Yeah, I got some buddies that do good in the mornings. I just haven't done that well, and maybe like you say, I've just got used to sleeping in or something in the springtime. But it <laughs> seems like every time I go in that early morning, I don't catch them till nine or ten o'clock. But it's different for all of us and different in all areas. You know, it just hasn't really worked for me yet. But I know guys pick them up in that early morning light, and boy, that's that's awesome. You guys shot a good boar. Another time that really works good for me is that late afternoon like not even the last hour but like that four or five o'clock it just seems like they start to show up at that time for me but um no i guess i gotta implement i guess i gotta start getting up early and stop being so lazy but uh no i like i said no no one wants to hear that they all want to hear that bears sleep in so they could sleep in but i've i've we've missed one and year before last and then shot that bruiser last year early so sorry guys you got to get up early yeah good for you guys um well yeah and i think i also kind of plan my day around it too where i can you know it it worked for me where i can be out mid-morning and then i can go all the way to evening and get that afternoon and evening in where that that morning but yeah i just like you say i just need to structure it a little bit different and maybe start going out that early morning and then late afternoon because i know you know some of my buddies have gone on some really good bears at that first light too so um yeah i probably need to implement implement that more in my game for sure (laughs) So let's let's kind of dive into to scouting. I mean, like I said, you and I kind of have our areas. We know what to look for. We even know this particular canyons. But there's so many guys out there that are going to have like, hey, how do I even get started? Where, where do I look for bears? You know, besides in the woods. So and it's tough because with a bear podcast, there's so many versions of hunting bears depending on where you're at in the country. Um, you know, it sounds like we kind of hunt very similar between Oregon, Eastern Oregon and, and Montana, but you know, what's kind of the things that you look for in a bear area? Yeah. So I look for, um, bears first and foremost. No, but I, I look for, <laughs> I look for mountain ranges and I look for big drainages and big canyons. Um, so I'm looking for a mountain range that has mountains and has a decent bear population and how I find that you know, or where I get started is, you know, a lot of times when I'm deer and elk hunting, if I see a black bear in an area, you know, I'll see bears or I'll see bear sign and that kind of plants the seed in my head. And then, you know, I just kind of study around and then I find great big drainages is what I like to cover. And I like to cover, you know, you can find bears on the south side and they move through and south side with cover is really good, but bears like to be secluded. They, they, in this Montana country, they love to be like on a north face that's all timber with just a couple broken open little meadows in there that they can come out and feed in. And so I focus a lot of my glassing on those north sides and looking at those smaller meadows and that and looking down in those bottoms 
and, and then just covering, you know, uh, uh, shut down roads and skitter roads and things of that nature. And, and those roads are the, are the highway of the backcountry for those bears. They travel those roads consistently and nonstop throughout the spring. And so that'll really show you where bear sign is. And so, you know, first off, you're looking for bear sign, you're grabbing a couple vantage points, and, and then you start to learn where you find one bear, you find more. And so once I find one in a drainage, you know, then I'm really going to start dissecting that drainage and looking lower into that drainage and higher into that drainage. And, and definitely in the springtime, I find an elevation and, and that's where it seems like the bears are at, the, the majority of them are at because they follow that snow melt with the green grass going up. And so at the beginning of the season, it starts like I start seeing them lower and I can, my lowest elevation I can hunt is about 5,500 feet. And that's the spot I start hitting in, in April. And, and as the year goes on and it gets later and later, I follow that elevation up and follow that snow melt up. And, you know, it, it's like a clock as that snow melts. I, I can read it, and by you know the first week in May, all of a sudden I'm finding bears at 6,500 feet. And so I try to just look at good features that are around that elevation at 6,500. And then the next week, you know, you're finding them more at 68. And even those same bears that you saw at, at 63 to 65, they may be in that drainage, but they seem to be up higher, feeding off that snow melt. And so I really focus on elevation, covering country, looking at sign, and big drainages. I love big drainages. What what about you? What do you look for when you're looking for a good bear spot? You know, if I was looking, I'm very, very much the same, but if I was looking for a new spot, you know, I always like to find somewhere remote, um, first off, because it's going to limit the number of people. I like to find, <clears throat> I actually like to find more roads, but closed roads. So that gives me the ability to cover more ground and kind of narrow in on an area. So ideally, in a perfect world, you find an area that has quite a bit of roads that are all closed. That way I can cover a lot of ground and kind of get a feel for the area. Um, and then I would like to see, you know, the big canyons. I, I find that the big open canyons with very thick bottoms uh, is where I find a lot of bears. Um, and, you know, they're living in those canyons and they kind of just basically come up off uh, out of the bottom and, and are feeding kind of up. But it's like anywhere you're going to look for what's their food source. And a lot of northeast Oregon, they seem to really like those onions and things and the, the wild cabbages. So, you know, I'm looking for those type of things. So if I'm covering a bunch of roads and I see, you know, chunks of green out on that south slope super low i'm gonna have a good idea okay that's probably you know something that i need to check on or come back to but it's like anything i'm gonna cover as much ground as i possibly can until i kind of hone in on where the condensed areas of populations are going to be and then from there try to locate really good vantage points that i can see them you know the most amount of area from Man, that's uh, those canyons you're describing in Oregon. I can almost picture them. You know, they're they're the same, but they're different than what I hunt. Like thick at the bottom, and then you know more open sides coming up. I can almost see those bears you're seeing coming out of that bottom. That's just <laughs> awesome. But yeah, you made a really good point, focusing on the food source, the wild onions, which they love. And it just seems like in the springtime they like the most neon grass they can find, and, and the the greenest yep. spots, the luscious spots, any spot you can find like that is a magnet for those bears and the in the food they like and you know early season i actually don't look for the food source i look for their denning locations and so um mm -hmm. you know in that that late april and early may 
I look in the rockiest, gnarliest, steepest country where there hardly is any, even any grass, but where those bears will den at. And, and it's a great time of year to kill big bears. So I glass over these denning locations and these bears, they come out of their den and they feed for a while and then they go back in their den and they may stay in there for another day or two. But if you can find where their denning area is, you, you know, they'll stay around there for like a week where they'll just come out of their den and feed around their den and then, you know, back inside or whatever it is because the weather's changing all the time and getting snowy again and cold and they'll go back inside but that early season i really focus on steep gnarly country you know for their denning locations do do you seem to find that like look for where they're denning in that early season yeah it's funny you say that because the first thing i'll say if you want to start bear hunting is throw out every myth that anyone's ever anything that any any rule that anyone has ever told you because they'll tell you that they're not in the rocks and i've shot big bears in the rockiest cliffs you've ever seen you know and there'll just be a little bit of food there so that, it's funny you say that but yeah you know that those big boars come out for, for early um yeah we've definitely found them in the rocks and you know super thick stuff um like I said, every rule that someone will tell you about bear hunting, you can almost guarantee it'll get proved wrong at some point. Um, just bears are funny. They, they do funny things and they're not really predictable is from what I found because every rule that someone has told me, I've seen it been broken. So like I said, they're in the cliffs If and I've seen the food in the cliffs and you really start to break down and glass in those rocks, you'll start to see – you know, the, these cabbages and, and that green, that bright green up in those rocks. And, and you know, you can almost guarantee there's going to be rock or something there eating it. Um, yeah. So early season. The one thing I was going to say, though, is, you know, anytime you have a hunting season that's a month and a half long, um, it gets difficult because a lot of people want to hit it early and they hit it hard. And for a lot of us that don't have, you know, every day of the season to hunt, you can burn up a lot of vacation time early and, and a lot of energy and get burnt out. You know, there's so many guys I see go hunting in April and early May and just hammer it. And then they get tired and they don't go late May. And I'm like, you're kidding me. Like later is better, you know? So you do see a lot more bears the later you go. So I would say, you know, like you said, I see them early. If you have limited time or limited resources as far as how much you get to go, that's the one thing, I, the one tip I would say is like be very, picky about when you go oh you're so right um yeah it's easy to get skunked early and not find any bears in and through there and and uh it, it's so funny yeah everybody you run into burns out early and and like you say we've been doing it long enough where i've got good early spots and i know the elevation i know the drainages they like and so i'm kind of keyed in on the bears early and so i don't get burned out i can hunt the entire season but the majority of guys that i run into go too hard early and then not enough effort late And these bears they come into the rut yeah. in may um and, and so they start those boars start traveling com- country looking for those sows and i I mean, there is nothing more thrilling than seeing a giant boar that's chasing around a sow. Um, you know, it's like hunting the rut of, of elk and hunting the rut of deer. You just never want to miss it, that that rut of bears. And, and then they also start keying in on um, – 
I find them like on wintering grounds for elk. I've seen them eat calves at elk, and they really search out for deer fawns and calves in that spring where you can catch them on some more open faces, traveling country, looking for a mate, looking for elk calves, looking for deer fawns and that. But you're so right. If you were, if there was one tip to take away from this whole podcast would be, you know, kind of save your time or use it sparingly early. Go out a little bit, but, but don't go too hard and burn yourself out because if you're not seeing bears, all of a sudden you don't have that same drive to keep getting out there and but really focus your time as it gets into I know for me it kind of cuts loose around here like in that first week of May and I actually find it's really good hunting like when it cuts loose when they're meadow grass and later in the season we can hunt till June 15th you worry about them rubbing a little bit as it gets later than that but also the timber starts to green up and so I kind of see less bears towards June because they can feed more in the timber in there and so I kind of change you know my tactics as the season gets later do you find that as well? Yeah, it's funny you say that. Um, you know, it's, and it always hit or miss. Everyone says, you know, what's the perfect week? You know, and it's it's like, ugh, I don't know that there is a perfect week. Uh, do you think there's a the perfect week? Uh, I do. It just changes every year, <laughs> every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I like to, and this is tough to say, but I I would rather hunt every weekend than a full week and only have a week because I've gone, you know, every weekend for the entire month of May. Even, you know, last week in April, because we'll turkey hunt in April. And if bears are out, and that's happened. I've gone over and like, hey, I'm just going to turkey hunt and, and see what's going on. And all of a sudden, you're seeing bears, and it's like a, it turns into a bear hunt. And sometimes it's first week of May, all of a sudden bears are going crazy. And then sometimes it's not till the very last weekend of May that I see more bears. So it's so tough, but I think my, my biggest tip is just to be flexible. And the other thing is to watch weather. Weather is so important for bear hunting that you can't say, you can't say, Oh, I drew my tag. It's March 15th. I'm going to take this week off and go hunting this week because you don't know like the springtime weather is so unpredictable that it's really hard to say this is the week I'm going to take off and go bear hunting so I I would say like stay flexible as you can I know a lot of people have jobs and things like that and it's tough Um, but I would almost rather be able to hunt every weekend than one full week and have to pick that week yeah you're so right yeah no there's always a a good epic week of bear hunting you just never know when it's gonna be like you say it can be the first week of may or the last week of may like somewhere in there it's gonna be unreal hunting where it's gonna light up but hitting that spot on every year i mean us guys that bear hunt all the time we can't call which week it's gonna be all you can do is kind of read weather read the grasses try to kind of you know read nature and what it's doing and try to call it from there and 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 you never know with bears like you say they'll they'll break every rule you ever make about them but they do have (laughs) tendencies they follow um and you can kind of key into that and in the weather you know i like to hunt them um you know you can catch them in in gnarly weather but if it's snowing and raining you just don't see them out as much as is those nice warmer days you know And, and the hotter it gets the more you'll see them later in the evening as it gets closer into summertime, late May, early June. It seems like then you really want to be looking in those evenings, you know, for them is really when they show themselves. Um, so, yeah, no, you pay attention to the weather, pay attention to the food source and how things are greening up and the snow melt, how things are, are clearing out. And then um, stay flexible, like you're saying, if you can. Uh, uh, heat checking it every weekend or a few evenings a week, you're going to do way better than just taking one week off so i think you make a good point 
you know, the, what we kind of like to watch as far as weather is that you, you'll get a lot of, in, in Oregon at least, you'll get a lot of, you know, kind of wet, nasty days. Um, if you have a good solid week of, of sunshine and warm weather, I think that's good. Having said that, that gives time for things to green up. The best case scenario that I have found is when I have a solid week of sun and then I get a short storm that's two or three days. And that short storm is going to hold those bears up for a couple of days because they've been out. And now the grass has got some some sun, so it starts to grow. And then after the tail of that storm, if it's going to get hot again, those have been our money days. So I'll watch those storms, and you know if the pressures, uh, I'll watch the barometric pressures, and if it's going to change, and say a storm comes in, and then after that storm, it's going to get hot again. Man, those days have been killer for us. Also, the days leading up to a storm have been pretty good as well. So I mean, any kind of that change where you get some some hot weather, I think that the the cold weather definitely gets them to to kind of lay low for a little bit and then you get some sun and that really helps that's kind of been our experience having said that every rule can be broken by a bear (laughs) yeah for sure that's super interesting yeah i hadn't keyed in on that on the storms and hunting after the storm and and leading up to the storm so now i'm going to pay attention to to that as well huh yeah that's super interesting about that about that weather how you've tied them to storms and their movement and their behavior but it makes sense like a you know you have good weather and they're out and the grass is going good and then it puts them away for a couple days they're so hot to get out and get back on that food when they get warm weather again you know that that all of them are out and showing themselves and feeding for for more hours per day so it makes total sense but i hadn't put that together yeah, and that's like when we have, say I had two weeks of sun, it's decent, but to me it feels like the bears have two weeks where they've been out, so their their patterns are a little you know, scattered. They're not out as much, whereas once they get held down for a little bit, that seems to help. The other thing I'm going to – I haven't done it yet, but we I want to record barometric pressure and number of bears seen and start keeping track of that because I have a sneaking suspicion that has a lot to do with it, but I haven't proved it yet. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah, no, it'd be nice to, you know, it's always good when you keep a journal and write everything down, but I've never thought of keeping the barometric pressure down and bear sightings and tying those two together. But yeah, the more science you can put into it and the more you can figure out, I mean, a lot of this bear hunting is just theories too. It's it's like us two guys <laughs> getting together, talking and sharing ideas, like our listeners listening to this, but it's the same thing with my buddies as we get out and we compare notes and compare things and, and we also check in with each other. And so I know when my buddies are seeing bears, I know when I'm seeing bears and we kind of share information around to to gather all this information so you you get a better feeling of what's going on in the woods but they're all just theories and like you say bear will break every single rules but you try to put more science into it yeah and it kind of depends on how many beers i had the night before but um, the other hard (laughs) part about it is like when you're hunting not out of state or anywhere that's really far away it's so tough to know what's going on you know, like you said, it's easy to be there. It's easy to kill a bear if you can do it every weekend and go every weekend or even in the evenings. There's guys that get a hunt in their backyard, you know, and, and they can go up every evening. Like that's perfect. And you get to see, you know, what's going on. But the, the guys that have to travel, you know, it, it's, that's can be tough. I know there's a lot of guys that I've talked to that, hey, I want to go on a bear hunt and, uh, you know, I'm recommend Idaho. Idaho is an easy place to get tags and, if you're coming from you know the east coast you got to come out and just choose a week which is so tough i mean i it's still going to be fun and i think uh it's still worth doing i think bear hunting's fun even if you you know you have to choose a week so i don't want to like discourage people that it's not going to work you're not going to see anything if you 
choose a week and go, but it just everyone has different situations and different circumstances. Well, and and just because you don't hit it prime time where you're seeing five to ten bears a day doesn't mean like if you pick a week in the middle of the season, in the middle of the month, you know, the middle of the month of May in there, you know, you've got a pretty good chance at finding bears and seeing bears and having a good week of hunting. I mean, we're talking about that epic hunting where they all pop and you see every one and timing it right. But if you plan a week and you come out in, in May and, and hit some decent weather, hit decent conditions, you're going to find bears. You're going to see them here and there. And, and you're going to learn a lot and learn from season to season. And it's going to be an adventure hunt. I mean, there there's nothing more thrilling than stalking those bears. I absolutely love like seeing them and, and trying to formulate a game plan and and move in you know i love to i love to spot a bear and kind of keep track of them and then like i like to move to a closer vantage point or i call it striking distance where i just want to close that gap a little bit where i can see them closer and relocate them i mean when you're hunting with a rifle in oregon so so do you play that game where you'll see them a long ways off i mean some of these bears will see a mile or two miles off then do you try to close the distance and relocate them before you try to move in and kill them yeah i mean for the most part we're seeing bears you know a thousand two thousand yards away and for the most part okay, okay this is where i need to be to get a view and 99 i say 90 percent of the time you get there and the bear is gone you know most people oh god dang it and leave stay there i mean bears the most of the bears i find you know they'll come out of the timber but they're not going to leave they're not going to get very far away from the timber or the bottom of the canyon or the thick cover and so you just wait you know and sometimes it's an hour they pop back out sometimes it's five hours and they pop back out but generally speaking you know a lot of what we've seen is that you move to that closer vantage point and you wait and they'll they'll be there I and mean, they're kind of using the same area to feed for the most part. Yeah, that's what I, that's my same game plan. And, um, like you, the minute you think you got them figured out, they'll never show back up out of that timber, but that's the game you play. That yeah. is your only play once you find a good boar it is to move closer in striking distance, get advantage of where he'll come back out and wait for him. You try to almost predict, you know, is he going to move to this next meadow up? Is he going to move up the canyon a little bit? Or is he going to just go right back in the timber and come right back out on that meadow? But that's exactly what I try to do. I try to get to to, to striking distance, close in and get as close as I can where I'm not getting my scent in there, but I can see him come out again. And then, you know, with a bow and arrow, it, it's just a matter. Then when I'm in striking distance and he comes out again, then it's time to go all in and try to move in. Um, they can smell so well. Like I've heard like a hundred times a bloodhound or, you know, I've heard these different figures in different times, but uh, they smell w- really well. Like any swirling winds, anytime you get busted by a bear, it was probably probably the wind you know they just can consent you so well with those mountain thermals so you've got to play those winds and i try to play um the thermals and the directionals and i try to really think about the winds when i'm doing it which way are the winds going to switch which way are they coming now what are they going to be down in the canyon i try to plan all that out and then try to move in slow and 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 try to catch them in that meadow when they first come out of that meadow they're apt to feed for an hour or two hours and that's really your best opportunity to close in and try to kill one so when you're when you're using archery equipment you know I can when I'm when I spot a bear, I'll probably move to that two to four hundred range, depending on you know where what's going on terrain wise. But when you spot a bear and you're trying to move into your your 
primary position, I guess you'd say, before the stock. You know, what kind of yardage are you looking at? Are you trying to get with about 100, 200 or, you know, because the, the problem being is that as soon as you see a bear, sometimes those bears are only out for 20 minutes. So you got to cut that distance, you know, the next time you see them. So what's your what's your primary position? How far out are you when that first time you move in? Yeah, you're exactly right. I try not to get too close. I like to get just a good distance away, like you're saying, and it's it's how the terrain dictates how I can see and where I can see, but I don't like to set up for a direct ambush where I'm setting up 50 yards from where he's mm-hmm. going to come out or even 100 yards from where he's going to come out unless I've got a really good knob that gives me an awesome vantage point of where he's coming, but I almost set up a little bit further away. I set up, usually I'd say 2 to, to 400 or 2 to 500 yards is going to be my best case scenario, but where I can see that feature where I think he's going to come out and I call that striking distance and when he comes out like you say even if you only have 20 minutes I can usually make it there by then and I on my stocks I hustle for the first part of my stocks I dang near a run to get to where I need to get and then as the closer I get and start closing in then I really start slowing down and a bear will spook like a white-tailed deer if he hears a stick break or anything break like they're they're not looking to charge or not looking to, you know, most of maybe one out of 10 has got a bad attitude or something like that. But for the most part, I mean, they hear any little stick break, any little noise, they'll spook like a whitetail out of the brush. And so you really got to slow down as you start closing in. But the good thing is, is that spring is pretty damp and pretty wet and everything's pretty quiet and stalking. But I go quick at first when I see him come out and then I really slow my pace as I start to close in 150 yards, I start to slow down. 100 yards even slower yet and and that's how i try to get in on them do you focus on a certain time frame so i mean we're hunting all day but the winds can be so swirly throughout the day and you could you try to wait on a bear and and maybe hold off till evening or you just stalking when you see him yeah, I mean, um, I definitely try to play high percentage stocks. And so it depends on the day and depends on what's going on. I mean, definitely throughout the middle of the day, you're going to have more consistent winds. By then, you know, in the afternoon, the directionals are going really hard. And the directionals are the wind, you know, usually around here, it's south out of the southwest. So you know you've got your directionals. And then the thermals, for the most part, you know, if it's a hot day, they're going to be coming up the hill consistently. If it's clouding over, you're getting storms move in. It'll pull up the hill and pull down the hill. Uh, evening's another time where the wind switches around. But if I can catch them in that last hour or hour and a half, the sun's gone down in the mountains and those thermals are pulling down those canyons really hard and I can catch a good wind there. And so, you know, I don't really look for a certain time of the day, but I do evaluate each one I see and each one I'm going to stalk. And I try to make a call. I've been busted by the wind so many times that I just really try to look at it and go, okay, is this high percentage or is this low percentage with the wind? And I try to make a call there. And if I don't think I can get in on them, I'd rather sit up there and watch, know where that bear is and not blow him out and be up there the next evening or the, you know, wait for another couple hours for a better opportunity or maybe things to change around. But I definitely try to look for a high percentage play on them. Yeah, it's funny when you when we talk about this because you're in Montana and you're hunting mountains. Like you're in the valley hunting up and I'm always hunting down canyons because most most everything in Oregon is is already up and then you're hunting down to it. And in Montana, you're hunting up a mountain. So it's just interesting. It's kind of reverse. But um, yeah, but you're absolutely right. You got you to gotta judge, judge those percentages and you say, okay, this is like a 15% chance it's going to happen. Might want to wait and see if that increases depending on what the bear does. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, so, so seeing these bears, one of the toughest thing about them is judging bears, judging males to females, and then <laughs> judging size. There's no rack or no horns above their head. Like, what are some of your your tips and tricks for judging bears and finding a good boar? Oh man, this is this is a comical thing between me and all my friends because almost inevitably every time someone shoots someone and or shoots a bear and it's like ground shrinkage big time. Um it's tough and uh it's just something it takes a lot of time and every bear I look at, I first thing I tell myself is he's probably smaller than I think. So I have to think about it, you know, consciously because whenever you see a bear just something about it. It's just, oh, it's a huge bear. <laughs> and every time you'll fool yourself into thinking that. But, you know, there's obviously the first thing you're going to look at is ears. You know, if, if uh, it's got ears sticking out the top of his head, clearly he's not very big. So the smaller those ears get and the more we come around to the side, it's easier to tell. It's also easier when you have, you know, if there's a couple different bears. Um, seeing one bear can be very deceiving. You could, you could sit there and look at a 150 pound bear and, and swear up and down he was a 350. But, uh, you know, and then you got the distance to the ground. You know, you can tell if a bear's stomach's dragging, which can be deceiving as well. I've seen guys, you know, kind of misjudge that one because, you know, you have a small bear with short legs and it looks like his belly's dragging on the ground. Um, so those are the first thing I look at is definitely ears. And I think it just takes looking at a lot of bears to kind of to wrap your head around and know what you're looking at. But, um, you know, what's what's kind of some of your techniques or tips for that? Yeah, you're so right. The ears are the best tell because the ears are the same size no matter what size the bear is. And so, you know, the farther the distance in between those ears and then the smaller the ears look. If he looks like Dumbo, you know it's a smaller bear. But yeah, I try to identify, you know, me with a bow and arrow – you know, in, in black bears, is, there's this misconception that they're really big animals. Like most black bears are not that big. And especially in these western states, there everybody always asks me, wait, well, these bears are 100 pounds down on weight coming out of the spring. And so, you know, they really don't weigh much. I mean, to kill a 300-pound bear in the spring is a giant, you know. And, and so yeah. I try to look for a, a boar, which I always want to try to kill a boar. And then I just look for a decent bear. I don't have quite – you know, the, the giant trophy, like I just want a chance at a decent, respectable boar. And so what I shoot for is about a five and a half squared bear and a five and a half foot squared bear is going to measure five and a half feet from the tip of the nose to the tail, not stretching them or from the tip of the paw, to tip of the paw. And, and usually that's kind of my guideline for shooting them. I, I want to shoot a mature one. And usually if they go five and a half foot, it's going to be a, a six year old bear older, maybe a five year old at young. But um, so I just try to look for decent ones. Um, my first thing when I see a bear, the ears, like you say, are the tail. But I look at the body shape a lot, and, and the body shape will tell you whether it's a sow or a boar. And now young boars do look like sows, and so it'll tell you whether it's a young boar or a sow, or it'll tell you if it's a boar. And so that's the first thing I look at, and I look at body shape. Big boars. You know, when you see them broadside, they look square. You know, their chest is as big as their belly. And, and that's another thing is a five and a half foot bear. You know, if he's got a skinny chest and five and a half foot, I'll pass on that bear. I want one with a filled out chest. It's as wide in the chest as he is in his belly. Um, but, but I try to look at him broadside. You know, a square bear. 
Um, you know, like you say, the belly low, it can be deceiving because some, sometimes smaller boars do have that same build. And so it's not the best characteristic for judging how big that bear is, but it is a tell whether it's a boar or a sow, you know, is having that belly hang low. You want a big chest. When you look at them head on, you want a big neck and a big chest. Wide chest is usually a boar. If it's a sow or a small boar, he's only going to be about as wide as his head is. Um, and then if I can get close enough, I really like to look at the head. A head on a boar, it, like if you were to draw a line between the ears down to the tip of the nose, makes like a square triangle. Now a sow or a young boar has a long skinny head where the distance between the ears is a smaller space and then he's really long down to the, down to the nose on that triangle. And so, but, you know, like you said, it's just, it takes looking at a lot of bears, but you do have to look objective. I mean, the first thing you'll hear hunting with your buddies is, oh, there's a giant bear. Look at a giant bear. You know, and I'm, <laughs> I'm guilty of it too. You know, everyone you see, you want it to be big. Um, but, but you have to look at it objectively. And, and sow with cubs is definitely the best way to tell if that it's a sow. But after you see a sow with cubs, really study her and study, you know, her body and her features and what she looks like. And, and when you see a, a giant boar, um, there really is no doubt. You can turn a medium bear into a big bear, but once you see a big one, they also have like an attitude and a walk about them and a waddle and a, you know, and a big giant head and, um, you know, their, their ears are so far apart. And, and so like when you see a giant one, you know it, but you see a lot of medium bears that you try to turn into big bears. I think, wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Stuart, I'm talking to you. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> One of my buddies is probably going to listen to this and we're going to laugh about it later. But, uh, yeah, you can take a, you can take, you see a bear and like you said, a, an average bear, even a boar is going to have this curious walk about him, this curious demeanor about him. And a mature boar, you instantly know he's a shooter. And there's no, no doubt in your mind, the bulky head in this, the broad shoulders, they walk with a certain swagger, just everything about them, you know. And the, the, like you said, there's so many people that will try to look at a bear. Uh, is it a shooter? Is it not a shooter? If you have to think about it, it's probably not a shooter. That's kind of our rule of thumb is if you have to think about it, probably not a shooter. Um, but, you know, to each his own. And I, I don't want to sit here and say we're trophy hunting bears, you know. But, uh, you know, they all taste good. And so it's kind of dependent on what you're what you're going after. There's a lot of people that would just be – ecstatic you know with with 150 to 200 pound boar and that's awesome you know i've taken people out their their first bear and they were so excited you know and so that's but you're right you know like it's it's one of those things is to each his own and uh but i will say that it's probably most bears are probably smaller than you think they are <laughs> oh you're so right yeah they do shrink a little bit when you walk up to them but it's the fun of hunting them too, and you got to embrace the experience, and you don't go out to kill your first bear and kill a giant seven footer. I mean, most of the time, anyways. You know, you got to yeah. you got to cut your teeth on it, and you got to everybody's got to kill a smaller size bear, and like they all eat good, and they all make a good hide, and you don't have to have a rug made. Yeah, you know, I tan most of mine, and they hang on the wall or whatever. But I I just love hunting them, and I love the thrill of the chase. And so when I see a decent boar, a five and a half footer or so, you know, it's game 
on for me. I'm I'm trying to kill them, and then I get excited about the the color. And you know, for me, I just want a mature one. But but we all have to start somewhere, and we all have a small bear that we've shot, and you you kind of learn from it and say, okay, next time I'm going to look a little bit closer. But they're they're just a riot to get out and chase. And and, and you're right, don't be discouraged when you walk up. Bears, are, even the big bears, are smaller than you think. Black bears just aren't a huge species. You know, they they are mm-hmm. a smaller subspecies of bears. And so, you, you know, you got to be happy with your harvest, but you just you look at a bunch of them and try to judge and, and just try to shoot something that you're going to be happy with, you know, but they sure are fun to chase around. So have you gotten all the color phases yet? Yeah, I have got. Um, yes, I have got pretty much all the color phases. Um, I could stand to get one. I've got one that's a light chocolate blonde, like really close to a blonde, but I could go a shade lighter in the blonde. But yeah, I have a gorgeous, I I killed a really nice dark chocolate last year, a nice six footer um, that I got with my bow. And then I I killed a, um, I've got a, a Great big light chocolate one, couple blacks. Um, I have one that's teasing on the edge of cinnamon, like kind of a red color in them. So yeah, no, I'm doing pretty good. I got about all the color phases, but I'm still in for a for a giant blonde. I think would be the one that I'm kind of missing. Yeah, we 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 got a blonde one. You're a really nice blonde, but we're still looking for the blue. Have you heard about the blue? No, I never have. No, what do you even mean <laughs> the, the blue? So there's a black bear that's almost like a grayish blue color and they're pretty rare and i didn't even know about them until we ran into this guy hunting one time and uh apparently he had every color except blue heard about a blue in this area and so that's the bear he was looking for and so i've never seen i've seen them now that i've googled it and stuff um i've seen them but they're almost like a blue tent color so they're pretty rare but there are some i know there's at least one in oregon at least so someone has said i have not seen it yet but dude, but yeah there's is, a there's a shade that's so so it's like almost a blue they call it a blue dude that is wild like it so it's like a a gray color huh or like a like a grayish yeah. blue yeah yeah you'll have to google it. it's pretty crazy oh i um, will so, yeah, that's the that's the one you really got to find. <laughs> yeah, that's the holy grail. No, I don't think I've ever seen a blue one or even heard about one, but it'll be on my Google search tonight, that's for sure. That may be my mission. <laughs> I, I always shoot – I always dream of killing like a snow bear. I love – have you seen those pictures with guys with a giant boar that they killed coming out of the den with like six foot of yeah. snow in there and they kill a I, – we call those our snow bears and those are kind of like the, the holy grail of bears for us is to kill a big snow bear. And I'm I'm yet to get my big snow bear. I've killed them around snow and in light snow but never in the – in the you know, those huge snow drifts snow. early like that. I'd love to kill a snow bear. It's funny the first time when that when we killed that blonde the first time we saw that we thought totally thought it was an elk we had been seeing elk all day didn't even think anything of it oh there's an elk you know <laughs> and it was like started glassing it for a while and it like took a, a solid couple minutes and like oh wait that's a bear I mean it just looked just like an elk because we were so high above it we we're looking straight down on it and it had it's just blonde and it had a dark strip down its spine so it kind of looked like an elk anyway but uh yeah those are pretty rare we I saw one I think we yeah we saw one last year it was it was kind of teetering on blonde and brown a little bit of both but um yeah it's so fun to see all the color phases 
Yeah, um, see, and we've—you're right. That blonde is exactly like an elk hide. It looks like an elk coloration to a T. Sometimes even lighter than. But yeah, we must have some really good blonde genetics in my area because I'd say about twenty percent of the bears we see are blonde. And you see a lot of smaller blondes. Finding a a big mature blonde boar is a is a little bit tougher to find. But I I see a couple a season or at least one a season. And then and then I think it's cool with the color phase. I love chocolates are my favorite. But you'll see some that'll go darker on the on the head um darker on the head and the legs and lighter on the body um those are really cool looking bears too you know where they kind of change color down on their legs and on their head i i think Mm -hmm. those are neat looking bears too yeah we have the area we hunt in northeast oregon has a lot of uh, a lot of browns and a lot of cinnamons the last year we killed a beautiful chocolate and had a white patch on its chest just awesome white patch Um, but we do see a lot of cinnamon a lot of chocolates not a lot of Actually, not a lot of blacks. I've seen, you know, a couple blondes. Um, you know, we see blacks every once in a while, but definitely more chocolate and cinnamon than you would black. Oh wow, yeah, I'd say we see a lot of a lot of blacks and a lot of chocolates, and then about twenty percent blonde or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. I love the chocolates. I love the dark chocolates and light chocolates, and and, and like you say, there's so much variety to see in them. It's it's so cool the different colors, and then and then you kind of make up names for them, you know, with, with your buddies, which is always fun too. Like oh, yeah. I saw dark chocolate up there. I saw you know it's it's pretty fun the lingo that goes around when you start getting a circle of friends. <laughs> <laughs> bear hunts but um yeah just an awesome yep. season to get out and experience but it's so cool talking to somebody that bear hunts a ton from oregon so i picked up a lot of good tips from you just just from this conversation well it's so funny because oregon you know we have very diverse country so we have the east side which is you know a lot of the bigger country canyons and things like that a lot more open and then i mean very very popular bear hunting is southwest oregon which is very very thick area and so a lot of that you know like you were talking about grass roads and things and that's a lot of bears are hunting especially archery equipment is just cruising those grass roads and 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 clear cuts and things so you have very different types of terrain just within oregon um but you know great hunting and like i said i think you know oregon we we all of our spring bear is uh well i guess there is southwest you can do an over-the-counter um or you can do draw for most of the eastern and even some of the western parts. So um, the downside to Oregon, though, is that if you want to do the southwest, it's a first-come, first-serve, and they do 4,400 tags. So by the time the draw comes out, um, those tags are usually gone, or they are gone. Um, so in order, you kind of have to pick whether you want to go with the draw and hunt some of the eastern stuff or hunt southwest Oregon. Hunting southwest Oregon, though, I mean, there's – a ton of bears, just a ton. There are a lot of black bears, um, black color phase anyway, uh, but some huge bears. And I mean, that can be a great hunt for non-residents, for residents, for anyone. Yeah, that's awesome. No, it sounds like awesome country. And, and Montana is a, a great state as well for non-residents. So they're over the counter here. Um, you, you just have to buy your tag. I think it's like seven days or 10 days. You have to buy your tag like a week before you come or a week before you hunt. But other than that, they're just really, going, yeah, they're over the counter for non-residents. I think it stemmed from like in the fall hunting and they didn't want guys to shoot a bear mm-hmm. from opportunity and then go buy a tag for them. Um, so they make you buy them seven days prior to hunting, but yeah, they're over the counter for nearly the entire state. There's a couple units that are shut down. Um, you got to watch for grizzlies in 
this part of the state be good at identifying grizzlies and they they have some tests that they run you through and and and, you know you just have to look at each bear objectively and you know you're definitely looking for a hump and you're looking for a dishpan face on a grizzly their ears are more round um but you see a grizzly the majority time you know it i mean it's it sticks out you know you just you don't get too excited and evaluate each bear you see but um montana is a great state for non-residents and i you mentioned idaho earlier idaho is a great state like i think you can get two tags there in idaho for some of those guys um yeah but, but a single and some of those non-resident tags like the oh, sorry to interrupt but the northern tags i mean they're like 40 bucks for a tag and then some of them are a little bit more but um there's some great hunting in, in idaho as far as opportunity to go spring bear hunting yeah for sure i I go down and fish the Clearwater, like over Lolo Pass, um, over and through there, and they kill some giant bears out of that country every year, giant chocolates and things I've seen over there. But yeah, no, I think Idaho is one of the best states to hunt. I didn't know you could get a tag for 40 bucks. Montana, we're more like around that 300 range, so it's a little pricey, but really when you're looking for a week vacation, you know, it's not that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, does... Montana has a spring and a fall bear then? Yeah, that's correct. It, you can only have one tag for the year. So if you kill one in the spring, can't oh. kill one in the fall. But that is a good point. Like if you bought one and you were planning on elk hunting Montana, you could come out and hunt bears in the spring and then hunt them when you come out in the fall and elk hunt too. So you can hunt both seasons oh, okay. with the one tag, which is a great opportunity. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a good opportunity to go scout some area, go bear hunting, and then that's that's one of those reasons you could kind of pass on some bears because you kind of want to hold that thing on you know hold on to that tag until till elk season just in case <laughs> yeah and you see some great bears in the fall too elk hunting around here i always see good bears they're just feeding so much but yeah there and then i wouldn't mind hunting wyoming either wyoming has a spring season and a, a fall season and i i've ran into quite a few bears down there muley hunting in the different spots i've gone and then seen a lot of pictures of, of giant bears they kill down there so i think wyoming would be another good option for guys that has a spring season as well yeah and then and on that you can bait in wyoming and in idaho so that's you know another option if you got some thick country and a lot of guys like to run baits um so that's another option too and they kill some big bears in wyoming yeah yeah for sure um yeah i I come from washington originally and they've got a lot of bears in washington and some good bear hunting but they don't offer a spring season they only offer a fall season for washington and so you know that'd be out for a lot of guys but in in washington you can really focus on the berries and the nuts um in the fall and get into some good bear hunting there in the fall but uh, no spring season there have you ever hunted down in utah I've hunted Utah for deer down there. I've never hunted for bears. Um, gosh, I, I killed a, a really nice muley down there. Um, it's, it's been a couple years now, but, um, yeah, out of that, I've hunted that Wasatch, um, a couple years down there. Mm. I really like yeah. it down there. They build some giant mule deer down there. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I, I don't know. It seems like spring bear, kind of the, the four go to are the Oregon, Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming. It's kind of like, and even, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm from Oregon, but it seems like Oregon and Idaho and Montana seem to be like the top three for spring bear hunting. I, I think you're right. Yep. Spot on. Yeah. Those are great states to come to to hunt bears. Bunch of color phases, good populations. Like you're going to run into bears and you're going to see sign and, and see bears. So yeah, I think that's your best opportunity as well. As you start going farther south, 
Um, I, you know, I, I've heard of some decent bear hunting in Arizona from my buddy that lives in Arizona. And I did see a track down there, like on the border of Mexico down in the desert where you'd never think of seeing a bear track. Well, that's, (laughs) that's another thing that I forgot to mention too, on judging bears is the bear track. A bear track is such a good giveaway of the size of a bear. And so if you measure that front pad and then you add a foot to the bear, that's how big the bear is. So if he's got a five inch pad, it's a six foot bear And, and it's, it's so true to all the bears we've killed tracks we've seen and so i'm always judging bears by their footprint in the snow and that um do you judge them by their footprint as well no it's funny you say that. I, I, I knew that and i totally forgot that i haven't heard that in years but i we just don't have the opportunity to to judge a track very often the just the steepness and the terrain that we hunt them um, I think that would be a great option down in like Southwest Oregon, you know, where you're hunting the roads and things like that. Um, that's where you could really implement that. Um, but then again, it's like, if you're, uh, if you're that close, if you're within a hundred yards of a bear, it's pretty easy to tell how big he is. It's that judging them from three to 400 yards that I think deceives people. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I use it for like a scouting tool because I'll hunt a lot of bottoms yeah. and, and the bears really get in these bottoms that are tough to glass where you just got to hunt through them with a good wind and I'll still hunt them with my bow and I'll do it like I'll sit on a vantage point for a while and I'll hunt that way and then I'll go, okay, I'm going to take this bottom back and swoop back around to the truck and hunt out this bottom because there's so many bears that live in these bottoms and so I'll get down in there and then I'll start seeing tracks and I'll start seeing sign and, you know, I... I don't. I always think a big poop is a big bear uh, because it, it came out of a big end. So I'm not sure on that one or haven't proven that. But I know every time I see a big pile with 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 big bear scat, you know, I always think of a big bear. But then I always look at the tracks, and if I see a really good six foot plus bear that's hanging in a bottom, I'll hunt that bottom a couple more times in the next couple days and see if I can't bump into that thing. So when you're in those bottoms and say you find find a big track down in the bottom, you know a bear's working a bottom. He's kind of he's going to be cruising it at some point. You know, do you just kind of work through that area? Are you thinking about setting up? You know, set up a ground blind? Or what's your thought there? Yeah, I don't really do anything out of a ground blind. Like if I can if I can see it and glass it, that's my my number one play on them. Is okay. Now can I get up on this hill and glass a lot more of this bottom from up top there? Can I can I get somewhere where I can see more of it or see this north side or see these meadows that this bear's working you know and and if that's the case then i try to grab a vantage point if that's not the case and it's too thick in the bottom then no i just still hunt through it and i take my bow and i'll just take you know the the last evening or maybe the approach to where i'm hunting or the come back to my truck and i just i swoop around and i'll do another couple miles to go walk out this bottom and just kind of still hunt down through it and it's amazing like you wouldn't think you'd see a lot of bears still hunting, but if you're where they congregate and where they really like to be, you just bump into them down in there. And so I bump into a lot still hunting these bottoms where I'll see really good sign in and then I go, okay, I know it. So the next few days that I hunt that spot, I hike that bottom and try to get a good wind depending on what the wind's doing. Sometimes I'm hiking up them, sometimes I'm hiking down them, but I just try to play the wind in my favor so it's right in my face and then still hunt them. Yeah, that's I mean that's great advice. And the other thing is the bears make a lot of noise, and so it's easy to if you're being really quiet and spending some time listening, you can usually hear them. I mean those things are noisy. I've killed or yeah two or three bow hunting. It, they were all happenstance, but I was just stalking through the woods and thought I heard elk, so kind of made moves on it. Um, but yeah, I get, that makes sense. You know you're in the bottom. The, those bears are cruising. They make a lot of noise. It's pretty easy to kind of 
keep track of where they go depending on the terrain and how much the only downside is you know if they're on a road they don't make any noise because they don't have hoofs or anything but uh i've found that they make a lot of noise if you're paying attention yeah um yeah they don't sneak through country like a deer like a like an <laughs> they, they, they don't they just kind of bust limbs and just bust stuff if they go they just don't pay attention to noise whatsoever as far as what they make of noise so i'm with you i've heard some bears being pretty loud in the woods where i think i jumped a herd of elk and it's just a bear walking through the timber oh yeah that's so funny i've done that multiple times and then you know hunting in montana it's like you don't know whether when you're calling stuff in you don't know whether it's a bear coming or a whole herd of elk you're like ah which one am i calling in here <laughs> yeah for sure yeah and i haven't done any predator calling for him but i have heard of guys doing well with predator calls um it probably wouldn't be something to like put in my bag of tricks to have a predator call you know, and, and do a little bit of calling. I've heard them come running into guys, or I've heard stories of it. I've never seen it myself. Have you ever messed around with predator calling? I, I've i never messed around with it. I've talked to guys that have done it, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't do it if I was in grizzly country, for sure, but, um, you know, if I was in Oregon, you know, southwest Oregon, I, I want to do it and, and have done it. Like, I want to call on a bear and, and kill a bear that way, but I have not spent any amount of time. All I know is that it takes it takes a lot longer than you think and you have to consistently keep calling. So, you know, if you're blowing a huffing and puffing on an old school, um, hand call, it can, it can really wear you out. But, uh, I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be awesome to call on a bear at some point and, and say, I've at least done it once. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think it's like this game of odds, and I don't want to let all the bears in the woods know I'm there. Like, I almost feel like I'd scare more out than I yeah. than I'd bring to me, you know. And so, I don't want to let them know I'm there. But um, yes, it really works for some guys. And um, I think I saw a video of somebody calling in a grizz bear. But yeah, you got to be careful when you're walking around with a with a bow <laughs> and arrow. I I do always carry my bear spray with me on my stocks, and then you know sometimes I'll have a pistol, and then I keep a, a shotgun in my truck with slugs to track them down and and even though they're black bears and, and you can do a lot around black bears it is still dangerous game and if you don't hit one right and you're tracking them down i always like to have a shotgun with slugs and the, um so so you do want to keep safe as you're bear hunting and sometimes you run into one with that that mood that'll pop its teeth at you and stand up kind of trying to see what you are and and, and about one out of 10 or one out of 15 will kind of have almost a bad attitude and and i have been charged before too and so you definitely want to be safe out there have you had any sketchy situations bear hunting not with black bears um i've never had a problem with black bears but i've seen the i've been around enough grizz that you know seen them the ones with bad attitudes just didn't care about me um and you could just see it in their eyes and i think it's the same i've you know seen some videos of black bears you can just see that look in a bear's eye when he doesn't care you know and he feels pretty powerful. But like you said, it's definitely worth being cautious over, especially tracking a wounded bear. Um, they can be pretty tough. Bears are really tough. Yeah, for sure. So I've been charged once by a by a grizzly that um, kind of like a there was a bear up in a tree and we spotted it and it came down the tree and charged and my buddy shot over its head and then and then mom got up and kind of backed us off but never really got after us. But the one time I was charged, I had this – um, it was the last day of the season, June 15th, and I had talked to my buddy on the phone. I said, oh, I'm heading to this drainage over there. And he goes, oh, okay, I'm going to hit that drainage right before that. I'm going to be a little bit later than you. And so I worked up in there last day of the season and, and uh, glass over. And gosh, I, I spot this giant chocolate and it's chasing this blonde sow. 
I thought, great, here we go, you know, and I had a good north wind that day, which usually it isn't good in that draw, and so I closed in and closed the distance, and all of a sudden I had that thing at 45 yards in front of me, and he was broadside, and I, I laid in a, a good arrow and executed a good shot, and I hit him, but I hit him... You know, just like back, not guts, but definitely like liver, back of lungs right in that spot. Zipped one right through him, and he disappeared down below me and kind of like he ran. You could hear him run, and then he just stopped, and there was nothing. And I had this big tree in front of me, so I couldn't see him or anything. And so I knocked another arrow, and I just sat there and listened. And then pretty soon, the bear comes around that tree, and he and he's running up by me. And he's just making like a death run to get out of there. He's hurt, and he's trying to escape. He didn't know where the shot came from didn't know anything but he's running right towards me where like I can almost reach out my hand and touch him as he's going to run by me and so like you have this reaction like if you're hunting elk you mew at him you you know if you have deer you grunt at him well bears you huff at him you know and so this was just a reaction I had and so he's running up by me and I've got my bow and I and I huff at him. As soon as I huff at him, he pins his ears and comes right for me. And I can barely get my bow back <laughs> and sent one behind his head back between his shoulder blades right there. And he turned off like three to five yards at most turned off and then died about 15 yards in the brush right there. So that's the closest encounter I've ever had. No time to think, no time <laughs> to do anything. Barely get back your bow and punch one off. But it, he wasn't coming after me until I huffed at him. And then he was coming at me, you know, but that was a, that was a pretty sketchy encounter, but you, you know, you, you only get excited after it's all done. Cause you don't have time to think in the moment, but, um, I should have had my bear spray or my pistol out, but, uh, but the bow worked that time anyways. <laughs> That's awesome. I was, uh, we were, I was by myself elk hunting in Idaho one time and I'm walking down. It's like a cow trail. So it's a very solid trail, like a moo cow trail and, uh, something, it just happened so fast, something very thick brush. You can't see much. And something was running down the trail, and I just took one step off, and this cub, I mean, it couldn't have been 100 pounds, I mean, 75 pounds maybe, this cub, and, you know, probably a year old, goes just barreling by me, and it was just, I just stepped out of the way, and I don't even think he ever saw me, but then my next reaction was like, oh shit, now I'm between the cub and the mom. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> so, you know, I just started making noise, but that bear came barreling down the trail and just bloop, right by me, just missed me by a foot. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Cody. Yeah, that's close. I, that uh, that makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't. I kind of just heard something coming. I didn't even know what it was, and he just. I just stepped off the trail for a second, and he just went boop, right by me. Oh. And I was like, oh man, now now what? <laughs> Yeah, well, and they're so quick, too. They're so fast where you really got to be on your game and on your surroundings around there. Like if if they decide to come on you, it's not going to take them long to get to you, you know. And so you want to have your bear spray in a good accessible spot, you know, and, and, and always be ready for that. And especially as you're tracking them down, keep safe. But, yeah, I mean, I thought of it like that chocolate. I mean, it was it was one of my bigger bears, like a six and a half foot, 300 pounder. And you can imagine like a linebacker hitting you at, at 225. <laughs> that can run 15 miles an hour can you imagine a 300 pound bear at 30 miles an hour hitting you all teeth and claws you know i man i mean the only thing i could have done is just got my bow out in front of me to brace for it but yeah you definitely don't want to be on on the wrong end of one of those things so you you want to be cautious out there and and like you say that's after 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of encounters of, of bears and grizzly bears and black bears. And for the most part, part they're scared of their own shadow. But every once in a while, you get an ornery one, or if you get one that's hurt like that, or if you you huff at a hurt bear, you might have one coming at you. Yeah, I think a lot. You know, I'm guilty of being lackadaisical around black bears. You spend enough time in grizzly country, and and pretty soon you get comfortable with black bears, and that's the worst thing to be in any of those situations. So, it's definitely something you should be mindful of that there are black bears that can hurt you. There are black bears that are aggressive. So just keep an keep an eye out. You know, that's that's definitely something I would tell everyone. Yeah, no, I, and I get that way too. I get so comfortable with them, and you watch so many and stalk so many, and then I, I'm just trying to kill that good boar that I see. I spent so many days chasing that that I, I do too. I need to I need to keep aware because yeah, every once in a while it could happen at the snap of a fingers, and so you you got to be prepared and ready for it. Make sure you got bear spray or your pistol, and and like you say, don't get too lackadaisical or too comfortable. You know, it's good in the beginning. You're so scared as you start hunting them, and then and then you almost get too comfortable with them which is which is just as bad you know so yeah you definitely want to keep a healthy respect for them you know so we've talked about this on the podcast before but i think bear is one of my favorite meats of all time do you have a favorite bear recipe oh man so yeah i love to eat bear um so i don't really have a recipe per se i just have like this mix i do where i grind it up you know with with some beef beef suet and then um, I, I put a little bit of bacon fat in mine in the, in the rounds in there and grind it up into this burger mix. And then we just use that burger for everything. But I, I don't cook too many steaks from them. It's a little bit oiler, oily meat, you know, or a little bit greasier than mm-hmm. other meat. But it's got a really good, clean taste to it. Um, and so I grind most of mine up. And I guess I don't really have a, a recipe that I've fallen in love with. What about you? It sounds like you got a good one you like. Uh, you know, I, I go back and forth and it depends on what you're going to have. So I, I mean, if you have elk, obviously elk steak's the number one. So bear just makes such good sausages that I, I do like to go with like the, the bratwurst type sausages. Bear makes awesome summer sausage. You know, I use a lot. If, if I'm going to have a bear, that's a great time to just use all of that for all the sausages that I want throughout the year. But I still like bear steak. I mean, I, I really do, especially backstrap. I would never grind up bear backstraps. So I would, I would use those all for steak. And then the rest of it, I'd probably run on a sausage. I like the brats. I like the summer sausages. It makes great breakfast sausage, you know, all those things. And, you know, you've heard it talked about a lot is that, you know, it depends on what the bear is eating and, and the terrain that it lives in. But I, you know, I haven't really had a bad bear ever. No, I haven't either. Um, you know, we cooked the steaks and I, I wasn't really sold on it, but it's been a few years. I got to try it again, at least with the back straps. Do you cook it as a whole back strap or do you slice it up and cook it hot and quick or how do you, how do you cook up your back straps? Um, you know, I, I'll cut them up so I won't do like a roast style. I'll just do steak style. And that's the one thing is that with bear, you want to really, really make sure you cook it to the temperature. I think it's 160, but nobody quote that from me because I could be wrong. It is 160. Yep. yep. Is it? Okay. I just didn't want to be at fault for someone getting trig, trigonosis. But, um, you know, I, that's, I just cut them into steaks and then, um, I usually run them on the Traeger. I do a lot with the Traeger, but, um, it's the only really way I know how to cook. So, <laughs> um, you know, a lot of guys say that the Traeger doesn't make great steaks, but I mean, I've, I really, really like the bear, like the backstraps off the Traeger. It's 
delicious. At least I think so. I don't uh, know. Right maybe on. I'm maybe I'm goofy. <laughs> no, I I just got to try it again. So do you cook them to like uh, medium? Then is it trichinosis or trichinella? What is it? Trichinosis? Is that what it is? I thought it was trichinosis. Now you got me. I have to Google it. Yeah, uh, me what too. But yeah, that's a nasty disease. Yeah, um, you definitely don't want to get that. And some bears do have it. They they used to test for it um, in Montana. Now you have to pay to test it. But the key to it is just cooking it to the right temperature, like you're saying, uh, 160 degrees. So that's what I was going to – I haven't made summer sausage or bratwurst out of it. Um, bratwurst would be good because you cook them, but I, I worry about that, that temperature, getting them to the right temperature. But you get them there when you do your summer sausage? Yep, I that's when I do my summer sausage. I mean, normally I would run it to like 158, but I'll just cook it all, all the way up to 160. Um, and the bear meat's a little bit greasier, so it doesn't necessarily dry out. The problem you have, like if you made summer sausage out of even pork or beef, um, it would dry out if you get it too hot. But for the most part, that bear meat, you know, it's it's a little bit greasier, so it it has no problem going to 160. And then I just dump it in the ice bath and and go from there. So. Oh, good deal. Yeah, I'll have to try that out. Yeah, I just kind of do all mine into like a seasoned sausage, um, adding that bacon and the beef suet. And then sometimes I'll even add, you know, salt and pepper taco seasoning or something to it where it's all mm-hmm. pre-seasoned or whatever. But yeah, no, I love the bear meat, and especially, you know, I've heard that they eat better in the spring than in the fall, but I love eating bears. I mean, I love eating them in the spring and such good meat. It, it's... um. It's as good as anything out there, I think. You know, it's just a little bit oily, greasier meat than than like a a deer steak, but um, man, it's really good meat. So it is trichinosis. Okay, you were right. Yep, you were right. Is that what I said, or did I say something? Yeah, else? You, <laughs> okay. You, I said trichinella, but that must be something else. I, um, uh, but yeah, trichinosis. Okay, okay, yep. Yeah, that's the bad one. Um, yeah. Right. So so you got to well, be careful awesome, of that. Man. Yeah. I'm excited now. See, now you got me all excited for bear season. I know. I'm ready to get out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it bear season yet? <laughs> yeah. No, that was a great conversation with you. Um, no, I really appreciate it, Cody. It's so nice to trade ideas with different guys that hunt bears a lot, and um, you you pick up so many tips and tactics that I hadn't thought about. The um, you know the storms was a good thing I picked up on, but yeah, it's just cool to talk to somebody else that loves to hunt bears. So I'm the same way. I'm all jacked. Uh, spring can't get here fast enough. Yeah. So where can guys find out about your podcast and and here's some more hunting tips from you? Yeah. So I've got a new podcast out there. Um, it's called Eastman's Elevated. And so you can find it on iTunes or Stitcher, any of the, the podcast hosting sites. And yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm new to pos- podcasting and launched it about six months ago, but um, yeah, just trying to talk to good knowledgeable guys out there and get tips and tactics. Um, you can always find me on Instagram, um, Brian underscore Barney. Um, and, and reach me there and, and available to questions and, and, uh, boy, you sure got a good thing going with your podcast, the rich outdoors. Um, you've been at it quite a while <laughs> now. Yeah. You know, it was like, uh, I just want to pick people's brain. I just want to get out there and just ask all these questions that I had. And so, you know, I'd listened to a podcast for years or listened to a lot of them for years. And then I, one day I'm like, you know what? There's no hunting podcast. I should do that so I can actually ask these people questions. <laughs> So, you know, it's awesome. It's been a great, great journey and a lot of fun. I mean, met so many people, so many great people and just bouncing ideas off people is, uh, and that's what it's all about. And I think that's one of the best ways to learn is just through conversation. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if it's for my audience or for me. I just, I learn so much and have so much fun talking to different people. So what a, what a great platform. And you've sure done a really good job building up your podcast and building a following for it. So yeah, a good going. You've, you've cleared the way for a lot of us. So sure appreciate you having me on and having this conversation with me. And, and, uh, yeah, we'll have to keep in touch. And I want to see that giant boar you get this year. I know. I actually, this will be the year that I finally get a tag and don't have to like tag along and take other people. So, well, no, I should knock on wood because it's still a draw. So I should have a tag this year, hopefully. And uh, if not, I, I'm going to go to Idaho this year. Just it's uh, it's been a couple years since I actually got to hold the gun. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah, for sure. Well, and if you need any info about Montana, I know you'll be around this country before too long, but uh, yeah, hit me up. We've <laughs> got right. good bear populations around here too. So um, yeah, uh, good luck to you this year, Cody, and thanks again for doing the podcast. We'll uh, keep in touch. Yeah, likewise, man. Good luck this year. Yep, thanks. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Uh, man, that was really fun talking with Cody. Um, he's He's really you know, relaxed and free flowing and, and really good at this podcasting format. You can tell he's been doing it for a while. So just fun to sit down with him. And then he's super knowledgeable about black bears. You can tell he's really passionate about it. And, and, uh, so now I'm all pumped up to go hunt black bears and I got another month to wait or so, but, um, it'll come soon enough and I'll get all my gear ready and be hitting the woods hard here before I know it. So, um, you know, you guys get out and experience some of this spring black bear season out West. It's just a great opportunity to be in the woods and be hunting around and in a great entry level to dangerous game and and these black bears are just really fun i i look forward to and enjoy this spring season as much as i enjoy anything um bow hunting so um, make sure to get out there and, and give yourself an opportunity to go walk around the woods uh, this episode was brought to you by onyx maps hunt app 3.0 again this is their phone app um, and they just do a super job. I I use this thing on absolutely every one of my hunts. I mean, you can navigate private, public. Uh, you can see topography. You can actually see that screen on your phone. Um, be able to research around while you're on the hunt. But it's just a super tool for us Western hunters out there. Um, so make sure to give that company some love as they're supporting the podcast. Um, and and boy, that's that's a wrap for this week. A great episode with Cody, and and uh, just gonna keep working hard to get out good information and and uh, get another episode out, you know, each and every week, and and uh, keep getting you guys the knowledge to get out here out west and and be successful. So, um, gosh, till next week, keep working hard, get your workouts in, make sure you're shooting your weapons, and and uh, I'll check in on you then.